I'm coming from a, a men's retreat, and uh, the Lord really blessed up there. We had about 60 men, and uh, I was sharing with Pastor Emmanuel. We had our last session um, this morning. We had like three, three sessions yesterday, one Friday night, one this morning. And there was a brother who uh, was kind of just... During the whole time, I saw yeah, God was doing something because he was, you can tell when somebody's locked in, right? And he sat right over here. And um, I didn't do breakfast the mornings I was there. I'd rather just sleep in. Because <laughs> anytime you do go to a ministry tree, everybody wants, hey, Pastor, I got a question. I got a question. And it's great. But it was a blessing. Anyway, but this morning, it was like you need to go over and go to the kitchen. You feel that impression? Like, go. I don't want to go. Go. So I go outside, and this brother who's been sitting there is sitting outside the kitchen, and he's crying. When I say, brother, these are grown men. Average age is like 35 all the way up to 70. And he's crying. And he got up, almost like he was sitting here waiting for me. It's like a divine appointment. He got up, he gave me a hug, and he said, could you read this letter to your mother? I was like, yeah. So I read the letter, and basically, the night before, we talked about resolving conflict in your life. We talked about in your marriage, you know, maybe with another believer, but, but God is not an option for believers to not resolve conflict. Um, and just because you're serving the Lord, God doesn't turn a blind eye to your family and conflict that might be in your family. So that was essentially the message. And one of the scriptures we looked at was where it says, if you know your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. Go make it right. So we talked about this idea of like worshiping God. It, it, this is not about form and formality. Like God's concerned about your heart. So anyway, here this brother this morning says, I was so convicted. He said, I didn't sleep. I was up all night. And I wrote this letter thinking about my family, my kids that there's, there's stuff I need to get right with. And he says, so I can't worship with you guys this morning. I need to get home and make it right with my family. That just made the whole weekend. And then, so he gave me the letter. I still have the letter in my pocket. I'm not going to read it to you, but I still got the letter in my pocket. And so when we did our last session, I ended with his letter, um, challenging the men. You've sat under a lot of teaching. But if you don't leave and apply it, and I said, let me give you one brother's testimony. And so as I'm reading this guy's letter, these guys are just breaking down, crying. You know, men are not supposed to cry, right? Man, God's spirit was just convicting people. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And so I praise God and uh, just to see how God's word affects our lives, especially in the lives of men. And there were some, some tough cookies up there. Some rub, I said, Dad, if you can see me now, <laughs> it's like some people like, hey, what's your name, boy? <laughs> it was like, them boy hillbillies were up there. <laughs> by their own description, <laughs> by their own description, you know. But just to see the camaraderie when we start talking about God's word. And uh, one, w one gentleman came up to me right before I left. He's 70 years old, um, recovering addict. And he's talking about how God has just set him free, set him free. 
and um, it, this just a, a, a neat guy. And then he says right at the end, hey, you know, you know, I used to date a publicist one time. And I'm like, is he? <laughs> he was like so happy to tell me that. I'm like, okay. You know, so it was like. So anyway, but praise God. Uh, praise God for uh, being back. Being back home. Amen. So as we continue um, talking about the church, we, we're talking about this gathering being where God dwells. And this is the dwelling place of God, to gather among his people. And that truth should really impact our coming to church. Again, like I said, some mornings it might be a little rough for you, right? I get it. I left camp this morning, and I'm like, okay. So tempting just to drive right home. Say, Pastor Mayo, you know how it said, be ye ready? <laughs> I know you got a message in your back pocket, bro. But I said, no, no, because God dwells here, and I want what God wants to do in my heart. It's amazing how it changes your perspective. And so it should affect our attitude when we come together. And we should come expecting. We should come expecting God to speak to us because he dwells among us, right? And so where we want to go today by God's grace is start looking at what Scripture now says about, okay, you're together. I dwell among you. We worship him. We praise him. But part of the purpose of the church is that we serve one another and building one another up through the gifts that God has given us. God has given every single one of us a gift. You know that? It's not just the pastors. It's not just the people with the microphone. It's not just the musicians. Every single believer is given a gift. And it's a gift that he has given to you to do what with it? Glorify his name. Bring people to him. Serve one another. So, Here's the conclusion of the matter. I'm kind of giving you the application before we even get into the word. We have to begin to seek God's face and say, Father, what gift have you given me? Because you've given me a gift not to sit on it. Every single person has been given a gift to be used in the building up of the body of Christ. So as we go through these passages, I hope that you see the importance that, oh, my goodness, this is a big part of the purpose of the church. This is a big part. Now, we'll get down the road to what's what's the logical question. So what is my gift? (laughs) Right? Fair question. We'll get there. And no, we're not going to hand out surveys and questionnaires. Anybody ever take one of those? What was it called? The disc? The disc one, right? And, you, you know, it's like a personality thing. Oh, well, you have these five gifts, right? Okay, I'm not knocking that necessarily, but uh, I don't think that's the route we're going to go. We'll talk about it. <laughs> but let's establish the fact. Let's establish the fact, and let's establish a conviction in our hearts that, oh, my goodness, if I don't know what my gift is, I need to start crying out to God because he's given me one. And not only has he given me one, 
He's given me one to use among hope. Amen? Father, I pray as we look at your word, open up our eyes. Father, help us to understand just this, the awesomeness of how you've designed your church. To give each one a gift that we might build one another up, that that Christ's mission that he left us will be performed in making disciples, proclaiming his name, and then us using our gifts as you keep strengthening your church and making us stronger and stronger so that your glory might be seen. God, help us to understand the the connection between the gifts that you've given us and your purpose for your church. So we thank you. Thank you for all those that are here. Open up our eyes now, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at a number of passages this morning. And again, I hope that you see, wow, like yes, clearly I've been given a gift. Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16. Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus. And he says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. So right there, he lists a number of gifts that he gave to the church. Now he tells you the purpose. Why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. But not only that, for building up the body of Christ. Think about this. You have an essential role in doing this work. He's given these gifts with the intent that the saints would be built up in the body of Christ, but for also the work of the ministry. Now, we'll talk further down the road. So what gifts, what gifts do I have and what gifts do we have as shepherds? And yes, we have different gifts. But here's what I want you to understand. Don't compare your gift with someone else's. I want the gift of apostle. Yeah, trust me, no, you don't. <laughs> I want to be the pastor. No, trust me, no, you don't. But, but, but again, he, he's, he, he gives these gifts that, yeah, these are gifts that are kind of prominent, like leadership gifts, ones out in front, right? But notice they're, they're to be used to equip the saints. Now look at verse 13 because he says, like, how long should this process go on until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ? In other words, this is ongoing. This, isn't, this doesn't have a termination. There ought to be a continual equipping of the body as we are maturing in faith. And I love what he says, to mature manhood. Spiritually mature in Christ. The idea here is that 
These gifts we ought to keep on equipping as you keep growing as a body. Now, when do you stop growing as a body? You don't. You don't. It's kind of like saying, well, how many meals do I need to eat next week? Okay, I'm going to eat. Okay, I'll eat about that many. Okay, am I good now? No. Now you got to eat next week. Now you got to eat next week. And sometimes when we're stressed out, we eat two weeks in a row on one week, right? But the idea is you got to keep putting, 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 and growing and growing until we come to the fullness. I love that. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He is going to keep conforming you and making you more into the image of his son. Praise God for that. And how does he do that? How does he do that? Through using the gifts in the local body. Amen? So notice, now we give, give the purpose in 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. So, so part of the outworking of the equipping of the saints is to guard you spiritually. That you're not swept away with vain philosophies that are out there, countercultural messages that are against the word of God. Part of, part of the, the, the duty of these gifts is to make sure you are protected. Amen? And notice he says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. That, see, there's the ultimate goal of these gifts. Ultimately, to look more like Jesus Christ. To, to be one who emanates Christ in all that you do and say and think. When people see you, they can just, man, Christ right there. <laughs> the way they handle life, the way they handle conflict, the way they handle going through trials. You're so just being conformed to the image of Jesus. This is what this equipping is supposed to be doing. This is the outward goal. And notice part of the practical thing that has to happen in verse 15. Rather speaking the truth in love. So, so the truth that is based on what? God's word. I need, to, I need to speak God's truth into your life. Why? With the purpose of you growing up into Christ, being like Christ, thinking like Christ. That truth is not just propositional truth, like this is what God would have you to do. That truth may be truth that says, hey, here's something you're doing. I need to challenge you. That's not pleasing to God. See, that, that's the kind of truth people kind of don't like, that truth. <laughs> just tell me what this passage means. Okay, yeah, I'm going to tell you what it means, but I also like to admonish you. And something in your life. Oh, you're getting personal now. Pastor, you're getting personal. No, this is all involved in this equipping. This is all involved in, in, in shepherding the flock. Remember, way back when we started talking about the shepherds and our responsibilities. And, and so many pastors don't want to do the dirty part of shepherding. 
it's easy to stand up here and just preach and teach. But you got to get into the lives of your sheep and challenge and say, hey, how you doing? How's your time in a word? How's your, what do you, what do you, hey, I heard that you, right? Oh, you're getting personal now. Well, what's the point of shepherding? And see, th- this is why we're going through this series, because you have to, you have to say to yourself, okay, if I understand the purpose and I'm going to come underneath these shepherds, you need to know that this is part of what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if I shared a story with you guys, uh, Monique and I, newly married, we were hanging out late one Saturday night, got in late after 12, I don't know where we were, down Penn's Land or someplace, we were just in love. I remember we were like, are you going to church today? I was like, nah, let's just see what happens. So I just, we just slept in. And about a little after 12, I was like, who the heck is that dude? Because my family just don't drop in like that. They text, yo, are you home? And she looks and she's like, oh, it's Pastor Ed. <laughs> it was our pastor. I said, are you sure? I'm like, oh, my goodness. And he's standing there. He had a long, one of those uh, long trench coats on. I still can see him. Looking like Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Just standing there. And I'm like, what is he doing on Sunday coming to our house? You know, it's like a little after one. I know church gets out about 1230, quarter. So he came right from church. So I'm like, oh, hold on a minute, Pastor Ed. Take your time. I'm like, why is he? I don't know why is he here. I don't know where they are. He walks in. Did, um, how was church? How was church? Good. You know. And at this point, I didn't have any. You know, I was just we. I was just a member. I didn't have any office there at the church. I wasn't. A, I wasn't even a deacon. I wasn't even a pastor. Just attending. I said, okay. I said, hey, I said, so are, are, are you and Monique okay? Yeah, we're good. You good, honey? <laughs> it was so awkward. It was so awkward. And then he said, um. No, I was just wondering where you guys are. Now, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you. What do you think my first response was when he answered that? You think I was like, wow, thank you for your, your love and concern for the sheep. What a great shepherd. No, I'm like, in my, in my, in my flesh, I'm like, a grown man. I ain't got to tell you where I was. Hey, what is this? That was the first reason. And, and, I, and I, had a, I was like, um, well, we just decided to sleep in. Okay. Well, I, I, I understand. He said, but, and then he went on to talk about the importance of the sheep. He went on to talk about the importance of the body. Everything that we've been talking about. <laughs> and when he left, we're sitting at the kitchen table looking at each other. And I'm like, why do I feel like we just did something wrong? <laughs> but he was, here's what I love about Pastor Ed. And he's still the pastor of the church that we left down in Philly. He takes shepherding seriously. And he'll say the hard things in love. And he's very calm, non-emotional. And then as he turns, as he's walking out the door, so we'll see you next Sunday. (laughs) I'm like, Lord willing, yep, we'll be there. I don't think we ever miss another Sunday. (laughs) I don't think we ever, it was like, 
We just never, right? But again, the idea here is we're going to speak the truth in love. Why? We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. You notice the imagery here. Each and every one of you are a joint, and you hold all the body parts together. It's a beautiful picture. We talked about this last week. There's no joint that's insignificant. Every joint is supplying. And when we all work together properly, look at the end result. It makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's a beautiful picture. When we're all working together as each joint is supplying for your edification, for your well-being, and it's going every which way, the whole body just continues to grow, looking more like Jesus. And what's the end result? Love. It's a beautiful picture. Now watch this. If you're not here, you can't be a part of that. You see the practicality of it? If you're not here, one of the joints are missing. If you're not here, the body is what? Incomplete. That's the point that he's making. There's no one who is insignificant. No one is insignificant. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Just trying to lay down the foundation of how important it is to realize your place in God's purpose of the church, your place, your being here, you being a part, an integral part, is something that God has designed and he desires for each and every one of us to embrace that, embrace that gift, and be active with it. Look at 1 Peter 4, 10. As each has received a gift. How many people received a gift? Everybody. Use it to what? Serve one another. There's the end goal. This is not about self-promotion. This is not about you. This is not about me. This is about all of us together using our giftedness to serve one another. That's the way God designed it. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I love that. As good managers of what God has imparted to you. All the gifts are by his grace and of his grace. Each of us are going to have different ones. They're all by, for his glory, right? That's why I say we can't look at one another and see, well, I'm insignificant because I don't have. No, that's the way the world looks at people. The world judges you based on your ability, your talent. I was talking to the man about this last night. How many times you meet a man, less than 30 seconds, what's the question that's always asked? What do you do? I said, how many of you guys, when you meet somebody and they say, oh, I'm a cashier at Walmart, how long does that conversation last versus the guy over here that says, I'm a brain surgeon? I bet you that conversation, you continue it a little longer. Because right on the moment, we've done what? We've put value. We put value on the person based on what they do. 
That's not the way God does it. He distributes all the gifts as he wills, and he doesn't look at any one of those gifts as more valuable than the other. Wow, if we could embrace that. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything, what's, what's the end result here? God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. These gifts are not about us. They're not about our self-promotion. It's about I'm using these gifts so that the end goal is God is glorified. That's why we shouldn't be looking at one another. We should be looking this way. I'm just using my gift, Lord. Notice, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to him, Belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Can you imagine if that's the attitude we all had when we served one another? No matter what it is we're doing. Because it's not about the individual thing that I'm doing. It's about I'm doing this as a means for his glory. That changes everything, doesn't it? I used to do weddings a long time ago. I mean, like, flowers for the wedding. Obviously, I married people, but. Monique and I used to have a flower shop. I don't know if some of you guys may know that, may not know that. No, I do not do it anymore. Right now, do not ask me to do any flowers. But we used to do weddings. And I remember one particular wedding we did. It was huge. We had about 200 guests. We did all the table arrangements, the bridal bouquets, boutonnieres, the whole whole shebang. And when you show up as a vendor, I was a vendor. I was the floral vendor. You had, had your insurance and all that, and then the DJ shows up, and then the guy setting up everything, right? It was a beautiful picture of, of what he's saying here. We all showed up, and we all had different what? Roles, responsibilities, giftedness. But we all were doing what we were doing for what purpose? The wedding. We all had one thing in our mind. Who do we want to be well pleased with us? The bride. Do you see the analogy? And so as I'm putting table arrangements up, and I'm looking at the client, oh, man, two hours, I got to move, I got to move. Here comes the guy rolling tables. Yo, Ron, you good, man? Yeah, man, I got, I got 30 more of these in the van. Yo, hold on, let, let, me, let, let, let me go out and grab those for you. That's not his job. That's not his job. He's, he's, he's the equipment guy setting up tables. What, why did he jump in and serve and help? Because it's not about, well, hey, my job, well, I, I hope you can get all those arrangements out. No, it's about the bride. The bride will be here in two hours. What do I need to do to help you get these tables set up? There's times I'm running back out to the van to get stuff, and he's bringing in chairs, and one drops. And I got my oh, you, I got, I got, I got you, man. I got you, man. I got you. Everybody working together. That's that's the picture here. Nobody's thinking they're better than anybody else because the focus is on the bride. I remember one wedding, I'm sitting there and I'm decorating the cake because they, they wanted flowers on the cake, right? So I'm decorating the cake, right? Boom, boom, boom. Sticking the roses all around. Get up. It's good. Cool, cool, cool. Then I put the topper on. Beautiful little roses. 
and it's in like a styrofoam container that has water in it, right? So that's the last thing you put on, right? Because you want to just boom and walk away, right? Put it on, and then I went to move one of these, and I knocked a cup over. And there goes water down the side of this thing. I'm like, oh, no. Here comes the caterer. This is her case. I was like, um, I need your help. She walks over. She could have went off on me. She could have yelled, oh, my goodness, you're ruining my cake. My name is on that cake. And now we got this green, because there's like styrofoam in there, all this green stuff running down. And, and she's like, oh, no problem. Hold on, hold on. Here, just take that off. I'll be right back. Here, hold this knife. Here, give me that towel. She's scraping ice off. Here, give me that. All of a sudden, I'm the assistant to the baker. Because we're trying to fix the cake that I messed up. Why? Because we want the bride to be happy. It's beautiful when it works together. Can you imagine if we were all there just doing our own jobs and didn't care about the other people? It would have been chaos. And at the end of the day, when we all leave the hall, we're all out back high-fiving. Yo, man, that, man, those flowers are dope. Yo, man, man, that cake, man. Oh, I got a sample in the kitchen. That was good. We're all celebrating together. This is how hope should be. This is how we should be. Because the end result is to him, to Jesus Christ, belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Look at Romans 12. Look at Romans 12. Again, Paul, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, <laughs> but to think with sober judgment. I love that. Humility. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. You might be the floral designer. You might be the baker. So we, though many, are what? One body in Christ. And individually members of one another. Do you see the unity here? It's not about comparing what gifts I have and what gifts you got. We're one. Look at verse 6. Here's his conclusion. Here's why he just talked about being one and members of what? Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Again, these gifts are coming from God. This is what God is imparting to you by his grace. See, 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 here's the problem. If you don't like what gift you have, who you got a problem with? God gave it to you. Wow. Well, why you give me? How come I can't be like? This is what God has imparted to you. You think God makes mistakes? See, when, 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 when you look at what Scripture says about the, the, the origin of these gifts, they're coming from God by his grace for his glory. It removes that human element. 
of comparing yourself to other people. Notice what he says. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. (laughs) Not sit on them. Here's an application question for you. Are you using your gift? Don't raise your hand. Just answer it in here. If you are not using your gift, are you sinning? Don't raise your hand. Think about that. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, I don't know, but that doesn't matter because I don't even know what my gift is. (laughs) Okay, all right. Okay, okay. Should you know what your gift is? You think God just gave it to you and said, I'm not going to tell you, not going to tell you. We'll, 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 we'll get to that down the road. But guys, listen, these gifts have been given. For what purpose? So we need to use them. Notice what he says, though. According to the grace given to us, let us use them. And now he goes and dispenses more, more gifts. You'll notice some of these lists are different. There's some overlap in some of the lists. Is prophecy in proportion to our faith? Is service in our service? The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. What is he saying? Whatever your gift is, use it. (laughs) Use it. So is this a valid excuse? I'm just not good in my gift. I'm not good at my gift. Uh, I, I, I think I know what my gift set is, but I'm just not good in it. Um, I don't see that in here. I don't see that caveat in here. I don't see that. Remember, each one has been given a gift. And God says, use it. Use it. So again, these gifts are in God's church. And we are the church. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. And again, you'll notice some of the gifts in here, maybe ones he hasn't mentioned yet. But the point that I'm trying to get you to see is part of the purpose of God's church is that we are to be active using the gifts. We are not to just come and to sit and to just observe. We have something to offer. 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So he begins to build this case of, look, if if you have Christ in you, if you're confessing Jesus Christ is Lord, that's because you've been regenerated. 
Like, you can't do that without being regenerated. You're not like the pagans. No, no, God puts his spirit in you, and it's that spirit that enables you to declare Jesus Christ is Lord, right? We rejoice in that. We rejoice in that salvation. But it's interesting on the heels of that, he then is almost like, now, uh, by the way, let's talk about this gifting thing. See, it's not just about my salvation and I just get to sit. Look what he says. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. You see all these New Testament writers basically saying the same thing. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. So, so what's different? The gifts are different. What's the same? They all come from the Lord. Right? Notice, there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. How are you able to use your gift? Is it through your strength? No. Not only does he give you the gift, he empowers you to use it. Uh-oh, can't use that excuse. Oh, I'm just not good at this. Oh, really? Well, let's translate that. God, you're not giving me enough power. Really? We can come up with all kinds of excuses. But notice that the gift is originating from God. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. It is the Holy Spirit that is ultimately empowering you to use that gift. Look at verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To who? Each is given. The, the expression of the Holy Spirit through us should be happening in every true believer. And one of the ways it's demonstrated is through the gift that you use. <laughs> are we using our gift? Or are we sitting on it? And notice again, what, what is this for? Why? For the common good. Remember the other passage that we might grow up into one body, that the body might be edified. Guys, you are so significant in the promise of God. In, in God saying, I'm going to make you more like my son, Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us play a role in the life of everyone else in you becoming more like Jesus. Do, do, do you feel the weight of that? Yeah, I don't want to be responsible for that. That's okay. You don't have to desire to not want to be. You are part of it. <laughs> not an option. You are. This is, I mean, as going through this, I'm thinking, man, this just, again, elevates the gathering of God's people. This is so much more than just going to church on Sunday. No, in some way, God is specifically using you to build someone else up in Christ. Do you see now why the writer of Hebrews says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves. We miss out on too much. Not only the dwelling of God, but being used by God to build others up in the faith. 
See, this is why when you guys are struggling, when you're dealing with life, when you're dealing with trials, the first thing Satan wants you to do is detach yourself from the Bible. He no Satan knows all of this. Keep you from the body. Because it is in the body that the manifestation of the spirit is there through others to build you up. He'd rather you sleep in, roll over, and say, I'll watch it on YouTube. Guys, we, we are so significant to one another in becoming like Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. It don't matter how you view yourself. It don't matter you thinking, well, I'm not this, I'm not. This has nothing to do with you. Get the camera off of you. Jesus gave you the gifts, and he said, I will empower you to use them. Amen? The body is so significant to each other. Look at verse 8. And again, now he begins to give this diversity of these gifts. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Do, are, are you hearing something? Like where are these coming from? The Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Verse 10, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these, catch this, all of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Do you get it? You all have a gift. Now, down the road, we need to unpack these gifts. Like, so what are these gifts? And I know there's controversy among Christians about what gifts are used, which ones are not used. We'll get there. But let me tell you what we should not be doing. For fear of the abuse of gifts, we ignore all the gifts. And I think that's what most Christians do. Well, that's so controversial. I don't know about this gift of prophecy. And the guy said he saw a lemon floating and went into a pitcher of water. So he thinks I'm supposed to open up a lemon stand. Ah. The abuse of the gift does not negate the gift. So we need to see properly what these gifts were and how they were in action. But don't miss the big point. The gifts are among us and are to be used in our building up Christ. To his glory. Look at verse 12. But just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For well, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Here it is again. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. Okay, do you see his, his arguing? 
his, 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 his reasoning now. And again, there was a lot of controversy in this church. There was a lot of division in this church. So he's trying to set them straight. In the larger context, they were fighting over who was more spiritual. And they were like, well, if you have the gift of tongues, you're somebody. You, not so much. And he's like, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Stop evaluating people on what gift they have. So the Corinthian church was a mess. It was a mess when it came to this. But you know what's interesting? Nowhere did God just say, well, I'm just not going to talk about the gifts. He said, no, no, no. Let's get it straight about how to use these gifts. Because I put them in the body to be used. And you guys are abusing stuff right now. Let's set the record straight. Number one, all of the gifts come from God. God gives as he wills. So if that brother doesn't have what you have, don't you dare judge that brother because you're judging God. He's just breaking it down, how to use the gifts. He's not negating them, just to call them out. So notice what he says. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, let me contemporize that. Well, I'm not gifted. I'm not the pastor. And? Well, I don't know how to play an instrument. I don't know how to teach, so I'm not part of the body. No, no. Paul says, that's like the foot saying, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. In other words, that's ridiculous. You are a part of the body. Why? Because Christ put you in the body. Guys, don't, don't believe this commentary that most Christians, they're sitting there and they're like, there's nothing really significant about me being here or not being here. I mean, it's good to be here, but if I'm not here, it's like, okay, what's the big deal? See, this is what Pastor Ray realized. And we had to learn, because back then, I'm like, what's the big deal? Why? Come on, we missed a Sunday. Why, why are you doing this with me, bro? That, that's where our mind goes. No, he, was, he saw something bigger here, a mindset. Do you understand? You are significant. And I remember he said this to me when he was talking to Monique and I. He said, you know, Ron, when you and Monique are not there, it's difficult. People miss out. People, they want to encourage me, go buy a card. I mean, I, again, I was young and dumb. Because I, I, I didn't understand all this. I didn't understand the weight of the gathering. He did. Let's keep going. So he says in verse 16, and if the ear, ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. You see his argument. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Now, here it is. Here, here's the conclusion. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them. How many? Each one of them. According to what? As he chose. Please throw the weight of that. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Your beef is with God then. Your beef is with God. God has given each and every one of you gifts as he desires. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't think that your gift is insignificant. Let me tell you why your gift is significant. Real simple. You know why it's significant? 
because it came from God. And it's to be used to build all of us up. Are you doing that? Let's keep going. What am I done? My gift is not a gift of man. But as it is, look at verse 19. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So Paul is just emphasizing the unity of the body. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. We all are here, and it's all about Jesus. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. There it is. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Oh, I love that. See? Humanly, we like to compare. Biblically, God's like, they're all equal. Because <laughs> they come from me, and I will empower all of them to be used that you guys might grow up and look more like Jesus. Beautiful picture, God. Look at verse 23. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our presentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which our more presentable parts do not require. I'll, I'm going to unpack that more next time we come before you. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no what? division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Again, remember, in this church, they are fighting. They are bickering and dividing. And they're totally missing the whole purpose of why God gave them the gifts. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Do we have that at hope? That's our desire. We move as one body, as one unit. We rejoice together. We cry together. We celebrate together. And if we understand this, that each of us are significant to one another's growth, that's naturally going to do what? Draw us closer together. <laughs> it's like going into battle together. If I know that this is my platoon, Trust me, I want to get to know you. All right, man, all right, so you know how to do an M16, right? Okay, you can, okay, what do you need help with? Because okay. we're going in battle together. Man, if we could, this, this is what we want. This is what we want for hope. To, like, embrace this. To be excited. Okay, Lord, help me. What's my gift, Lord? I'm in. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Right? We all should be eager eager to serve one another. This is what will be pleasing to God. Let's draw this to a close for now. Look at 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Look how many times he's emphasizing this. And God has appointed in the church, now again, another list of gifts. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Obviously the answer is what? No, no, no. 
Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. We'll come back to this next time we're together. I want you to leave with this. What is the gift that God has given you? I, I, I honestly don't know. I'm going to begin to pray. Begin to pray. Father, open up my eyes. Your word says you gave me a gift that I might build up the body of Christ. And I want to pray this way. And let me just give you, give you a real practical application. You know one of the ways, and again, I'm not into these surveys. You're taking these surveys. No, I believe get, get before God. Seek God. Understand what we're saying here scripturally. Say, Lord, I want to walk in these gifts because you're giving them to me. And I want to make sure whatever gift you've given me, I'm using it. So open up my eyes, Lord. Here's something practical you can do. You say, well, if I don't take a survey, how do I figure it out? You know what? Get to moving. Start serving. Start serving. Well, I don't know what my gift. I understand that. Find out where there's a need and fill it. Find out where there's a need in somebody's life and move towards it. You understand what I'm saying? If these gifts are to be used in a practical way to build one another up, you may not be able to put a label on it, but move towards people. Begin to pray for people. Begin to volunteer and do stuff. And, and guess what will emerge? Your gift. <laughs> and other people will be like, you know, you're pretty good at it. And you'll be like, no, I'm just, no, 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 there's something about Like when you do that, it's different. We don't, we don't discover what these gifts are just by sitting there like this. No. I'll end with this. When they have an all call for people to try out for the team, and the coach has 50 people that want to be on the soccer team, he doesn't go around the room and say, what are you good at? 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 No. That's not how he chooses his team. He's like, all right, guys, let's hit the soccer field. All right, here we line up. All right, you're going to be goalie. Go down there. Go. Kick the ball. And the guy's up there as a goalie. All right. Oh, okay. Do it again. Oh, man. Oh, missed that one. Boom. Oh, man. Is this giftedness goalie? Probably not. <laughs> like, the coach don't have to pray, but the, Lord, I wonder, is he going to be a goalie? I wonder. 50 balls kicked his way. They all went in. And the coach is like, well, I, I don't want to judge him. So let me just, let me just, boom, a slow roll. I got it, coach. I got it. Oh, man, it got in. Okay, yep. Definitely not a goalie. And by the time you send him off the field and you turn around and pick up the balls, he's standing there with a tray of Gatorade. You're like, dude, how quick did, how did your four go so quick? No, he's going over there and I just, I think I know your gift in this. Order boy. <laughs> Get active. Move. Don't just sit. Couple that with prayer, crying out to God. You think God's not going to show you when he's willing to give it to you?
Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, we at Hope, we, God, we want to do church your way. God, we're seeing the purpose of your church, and we want to function in that purpose. And using our gifts is a big part of that. So I pray, God, that, that we would seek your face, that we would cry out to you, Lord, that we would, Lord, just open up our hearts to you, Lord, and to, to, to allow your Holy Spirit to begin to show us. But Lord, help us not to just be content with just praying, but help us to move and to start to act and start to do so that the confirmation would emerge out of our actions, oh God. Lord, at the end of the day, we want to be using our gifts because that's why you gave them to us. And God, each of us, we know we are vital to the building up of one another. Oh God, we don't want to fail in that area. We want to do our part. So Father, I pray for hope. I pray, God, as they pray, as they seek your face, they cry out to you, but then as they put action to their prayers and start to do and serve and look for needs and fill them and move towards one another, Lord, that you would make it clear the precious gifts that you've given us for the building up of your body. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen.